0: This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name is
0: John, and I'm sitting at the table with Aaron. Aaron, what's up, man? Hey, John. Excited to be here in the studio recording, and I know we got a pretty good topic going on today that you uh, are excited to share. Absolutely. So today we're gonna talk about the importance of
1: safety and teamwork inside the ring. All right, so let's cut right to it. Bell to bell, absolutely nothing outweighs safety inside the ring. Not crowd work or crowd reactions, not your mannerisms or your facial expressions, definitely not winning, of course. It's safety that supersedes all and to be a great professional wrestler you need to keep yourself and your dance partner, which is your opponent, safe every single match. All right, and real quick before we dive into that, and kind of on the same note, to be honest, um, keeping yourself safe. Let's talk about Strong Style, which is our strength training program that we developed for you, the professional wrestler, to do inside your gym, whether that be your local commercial gym or your home. All right, so Strong Style is available to you right now on all our social media platforms. You can find us at How to Become a Pro Wrestler, or you can just check the 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 comment section or the uh, the information section of this very podcast okay you can find the description and the link to strong style also at our website www.howtobecomeaprowrestler.com. to become a pro wrestler.com all right guys make no mistake we've talked about dozens more than dozens honestly of yeah. important things that need to happen during a pro wrestling match throughout the life of this podcast all right since we've started this podcast we've been talking about you know your matches nonstop all right so Everything from how you interact with the ropes, the turnbuckles, you're bumping, you're rolling, making eye contact with the fans, being verbal, being loud, making every single movement, every single strike count from you know the, the first row all the way back to the 10th row. But none of that stuff matters if you don't prioritize your health and your opponent's health. You must keep each other safe. You may be playing opponents in the ring, But you are, in fact, partners, all right? You are working together to craft a perfect experience for the fans that bought tickets to see you, all right? Today, we're going to cover four different ways that you can keep yourself and your opponent safe inside the ring. All right, number one, first off, keep up with the basics, all right? Let's talk about what that means. The basics are the basics for a reason. They never go out of style, and they're very rarely modified, these are the foundational basics for moving inside the ring. The things we all learn in our first few weeks of pro wrestling training. The problem is, after those first few weeks, some people feel like it's, you know, it's time to only look onward and upward in terms of, of those old moves, and it's always it's a step backwards, right? To practice your, your front rolls and your bumps. They never touch those basic movements again. But guys, the rolls, the bumps, the tucking of the chin, the grabbing of the top rope, you know, while you run the distributing impact across your entire back, your arms and your palms when you take a bump. These things should never get tossed to the side after you've graduated wrestling school. You have to keep up with the basics. These are things that you must perfect until your very final match because they can be the difference between you hurting yourself, someone else, or having an injury-free career, which is what we should all
0: want and desire to have. Yeah, definitely. Hey, and guys, if you uh, don't know, we have a YouTube channel, yep. and we actually have how to take a bump, yep. front roll, uh, uh, mm-hmm. single arm roll, uh, 180 roll. Like We have yep. all the basics uh, on YouTube. Absolutely. We've got some awesome videos on there you guys need to check
1: out that work perfectly with that one that we just talked about. So let's move on to number two here, which is super important to us, and... Why we develop strong style in the first place. One of the reasons. Yeah. So physical preparedness, all right? This one is pretty straightforward, but it gets neglected so, so much. Let's put it like this. If you can't do 10 push-ups, should I let you suplex me? All right. That might seem harsh, but should it? You know, should that be harsh? If your body isn't physically fit enough to endure the punishment of pro wrestling, then you shouldn't be a pro wrestler. All right? You do not have to look like a bodybuilder, guys. It helps, sure, but it's not a requirement. What you do need is a solid foundation of general physical preparedness. Get to a level to where you can do sets of 10 perfect push-ups, 20 perfect squats, and maybe you can jog a mile. Who cares how long it takes you, but you can jog it without stopping. right? So Those are some
0: basic strength and endurance qualities that every single pro wrestler should have yeah strength is the foundation for everything you yep. know i've mentioned on that facebook group i think i posted maybe a few times but mm-hmm. uh being strong or having strength is a cheat code mm-hmm. man like for just life in general but particularly for professional wrestling for sure and john i think you probably would agree with this statement but i believe if you are not strong you are a liability without a doubt without a doubt that's no, no truer words have been said i mean
1: a, a a pro wrestler without strength, without those basic skill levels and strength levels and endurance levels, is an absolute liability inside the ring to to his opponent, um, to the referee, and to that entire company in general. Like it's it's just not worth the risk, guys. It's not worth the. It only takes one slip up to paralyze somebody for the rest of their lives. Like that's that's the you know that's the extreme of it, but it's also true, and you've seen it happen. Like it has happened in the ring before, and it's so so unfortunate that it can be stopped by just proper execution of basic strength foundations. Like yeah. so, never ever take your strength for granted. And uh, you know, like Aaron said, it's a cheat code for real life. Like I mean, I mean, I. I was at the vet the other day. I took my dog to the vet. This just came to my mind, but it's just, you know, it's not related to wrestling, but it's related to strength. And I'm I'm take my dog to the vet and there's this this lady trying to get her dog in there. And not only can she not help her dog cause it's too heavy, mm-hmm. but she can't really help herself. And I'm sitting there questioning like, why doesn't this lady, this lady needed like a walker or a cane or something. Right. So I go out there and I lift her dog. Cause I'm just waiting in line. I was getting a refill. I didn't have a dog with me. I was getting a refill on some medication for mm-hmm. one of my dogs or whatever. And so I pick up her dog and I, I put my arm out and she grabs my arm. So I've got her hanging on one arm and I have her 70 her pound dog in the other hand and uh, I help them up the steps and into the room and set them down there and and I mean it's just it's a cheat code for real life guys I go grocery shopping I you got to carry all the groceries in one hand so and get your keys in the other hand like it's a cheat code for real life but in pro wrestling it's an essential life skill yeah. you have to have it guys and yes I see pro wrestlers that don't have it and you know let's hope they just go out there and have a bad match and the worst is they go out there and kill someone. Yeah. So keep that in mind, guys. And that's, it's not just strength, but it's also conditioning. So we'll talk about conditioning yeah. for a second. We've got many of episodes in the tank in the archives over conditioning drills for pro wrestlers and the importance of having a competent level of endurance in your lungs. Um, but I can sum it all up to this. If you blow up in the ring, and blow up means if you become completely exhausted, you're worthless. It's, it makes you absolutely worthless. If you reach your physical limit, you can no longer support yourself to safely bump or move, and you can absolutely not support your opponent's body to fall safely. Yeah. That means you can no longer perform. The risk is not worth the reward. If I am watching a match and I see a guy blow up, as we call it, and I can tell, everybody else can tell in the crowd, I mean, I want like the referee to just like, dive in like an like in MMA, like it just stop <laughs> the topic. match right there. Like that's, that's a crazy notion, I'm sure, for some pro wrestlers to hear. But it drives me insane because what these guys are going to do is probably try to carry on with whatever they had planned and do it completely unsafely. And we'll just cross our fingers and hope it turns out okay. So, I mean, you must be able to support your opponent's head on a suplex or a scoop slam. You must be able to provide a solid base for your opponent, a post for your opponent during an arm drag or a hip toss. Your legs absolutely cannot buckle when you raise your opponent into a fireman's carry. Your lungs cannot fail you during a simple comeback or like a bump and feed pro wrestling drill. You know, if you found any of these things happening to you on a regular basis during a match, I want you to cancel all your upcoming performances and focus on your own abilities so you can come back stronger and better and ready to perform to the best of your ability, guys. For yourself, for your opponent's sake, for the company's sake, so you're not a liability. All right, guys, let's move on to the next one. Slow it down. One of my absolute favorite episodes of this very podcast is the one where Aaron and I break down what slow down means. Go back, find that episode if you missed it, and listen to it right now. I'll hit a couple of the kind of quick points right here, but you need to listen to that whole episode because we're we're told, all of us, if you're a pro wrestler, you know that you've been told at one time or another, slow down, kid, slow down. Mm -hmm. Me and Aaron actually break down what that means in a previous episode. Go find it. It's an awesome episode. So, here we go. Even when you think you've slowed down, you're probably still going a little too fast in the ring. Everything we do inside the ring needs space and it needs timing. Everything we do needs to be tracked by the front row and the back row. This isn't just for the fans' benefits though, it's for your opponent's safety and your own safety. The timing we have on things like an arm drag so you 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 take an arm drag You flip over, you post off of their shoulder, which is your base, and because they're strong enough and you're strong enough to use that. You flip over them, you land, your arm hits the ground. As your back hits the ground, everything rolls seamlessly. You come up to a position where you can stand up facing away from your opponent and then feed to the left so you can face your opponent that just gave you the arm drag. While all that's happening, simultaneously, the person who delivered the arm drag is landing in their own version of a bump, rolling the opposite direction away from you and standing, and now you have a perfect paced amount of space between you from the two perfect bumps that you just took because you're perfectly well-timed and neither one of you are moving too fast where you can go into the next movement, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. Now, that comes with years of practice. That comes straight out of wrestling school. You've got to practice and practice and drill that. But that's why we don't move super, super fast. But it can still look fast. Mm -hmm. Once you perfect it, boom, 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 you're up, you're moving safely, and it looks fast, but it's not fast. You slow down just a hair. Even when you think you're going slow, you need to slow down just a little bit more. Um, this way, you know where your opponent's gonna be, even if you don't have eyes on them for a second. Um, As so well, when we run the ropes, we focus on a three-step pattern. Boom, right. boom, hit the ropes. Boom, boom, hit the ropes. That's the way most people's footing works. You know, there's, there's exceptions to every rule, but for the most part, we teach three steps, One, two, the third step is actually touching the ropes. One, two, third step is touching the ropes. Boom, boom, boom. It's all about timing. And that's so you know if you're doing something like a crisscross drill, which is a classic pro wrestling drill where you're running um, perpendicular to each other in the ring and crossing paths, you know that if you're in the same pattern of movements, you're never going to crash into each other. And then that's a great way to learn timing that I love to do in wrestling uh, school because you can, you know, if one person speeds up, the other person has to speed up to match that tempo or vice versa. One person slows down, the other person has to slow down to match that tempo. And a veteran of the match can determine like, well, who needs to be setting the pace here? And do I have the better lung capacity, whatnot? Like, you know, the, all this stuff comes with time, but this is all stuff that you have to learn over the course of a pro wrestler. And it helps when you have that solid foundation of skills where you know how to run the ropes, you know how to hit the ropes properly, et cetera. It's all about timing. You know, we grab, speaking about running the ropes, we grab the top rope when we run. We pull it beneath our arm. We tuck it against our lats for safety with that elbow down over the top rope. Um, moving too fast is going to cause you to miss that rope, potentially miss the entire ring, flip out of the ring, or catch your head on the, the top rope. I've seen it happen before. Spill all the way to the floor. I've seen all these things happen before. So, moving too fast is going to cause you to mistime a jump. Mistime a post, like where you post is where where somebody picks me up for a scoop slam, I take my hand and I post it on their hip to give myself a a strong base when I'm upside down. And it's going to cause me to miss that movement or mistime the jump. And the result is hopefully, cross your fingers, we hope that the result is a sad looking crappy hip toss that makes the match kind of garbage. The bad, the, the other side of that coin is a concussion or a broken neck. All right, so you don't want either one of those things to happen. You definitely don't want the later one to happen. All right, you want to know how to really ruin a match, that's caused somebody to have a serious lifetime injury. Mm -hmm. So make things count, move with rhythm, and only add speed when you are a master of that rhythm. Yeah. All right, guys, moving on. Here we go. Know your limitations. This last one is tougher to define exactly, but... Let's give it a shot, okay? It comes from experience inside the ring, but also an intense level of self-awareness. One way to understand your own limitations is to look back on the things that we just finished listing on this very podcast. An extreme example might be, um, you know, if you never work out ever, you know, if you never do conditioning drills, if you never train or practice, why would you go to the ring and suggest that you're going to uh, military press? your opponent over your head and walk around. Like, you're not going to do that, right? That's an extreme example. I mean, hopefully everyone would have the common sense to not do that. But that is an example of knowing your limitations. If you're really not strong, why would you try to pretend to be strong in the ring by lifting someone over your head? That's not safe for you. It's not safe for them. Um, You probably wouldn't do that. But I have seen guys who can't accomplish, let's say, 50 jumping jacks in practice, go into a match and plan an elaborate strike exchange and a bump and feed that leads them completely out of breath and unprepared to safely support their opponent. You gotta know your limitations, guys. Um, if suplexes are a struggle in training, then you should not go into a match using the jackhammer as your finishing move, all right? Like, just because, you know, they, these things are related, guys, so if you're like, man, I'm not really good at suplexes, I don't think I'm gonna do any suplexes in my match, hey, I'll do the jackhammer, which is essentially a suplex, modified. You shouldn't do that, guys, you can't do that, all right? Self-awareness is what it takes there. Um, if you never quite mastered punching and training, then doing punches during a live show, probably a bad idea, guys. We need to find a different thing to do. We need to either master your punches or we need to switch you to something else or whatever we need to do. So oftentimes in pro wrestling, we will be at the mercy of a more experienced wrestler, like a veteran of pro wrestling, perhaps, or just someone that has more experience than you. I got a good example here of something that happened to me. Um, I, myself, me... Um, have never been able to perform a dropkick properly. Not a competent dropkick. I mean, right. you can go out there and do it, but like, there's a, there's a good mastery to all these things. Like You see guys... The dropkick's a pretty basic pro wrestling move, and then when you see somebody that has an incredible dropkick, you're like, whoa, right. that's what it's supposed to look like. And I'm talking about guys like, like Randy Orton, like uh, Hardcore Bob Holly, like mm-hmm. um, Okada in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. These are guys that have absolutely flawless dropkicks, Um, that move is not in my arsenal. All right. And I became very self-aware of it super early. Um, my jumping ability with that move is very subpar. My extension with my lower legs or with my legs, my lower body is below average when it comes to that. And my timing is terrible. So I'm like, yeah, you know, like I'll practice them, but it's never going to be part of my repertoire Mm -hmm. if I can't get this down. Um, You know, good news is performing a dropkick is not really a prerequisite to being a pro wrestler. Like, that was good news for me, but you know, you still practice these things because you want to know. The bad news is some wrestlers do consider it to be pretty simple. So, one time during a match, I had a veteran grab me, and I distinctly remember this. um, And he sent me off into the ropes while whispering in my ear, duck mine, hit dropkick. Like, I just remember that distinctly. And, you know, I've got about .05 seconds right there to think to myself like, no, wait, I can't do a drop kick. Hey, that's a bad idea. Let's change it to something else. But you have absolutely no time to communicate that. You don't. So instead, luckily... Upon knowing my limitations, I did what I knew to be the safest thing under those circumstances, which was what we would call a leaping elbow. That's basically a drop kick in the other direction. I jump up, but I instead of sending my feet towards them, I send my head towards them. I stick my elbow out. They run into it. Let's talk about why that worked there and why that was a safe thing. Um, time under tension, the reps that I'd already put in, thankfully. like I wasn't a veteran, but I had enough time under my belt that I knew that this, would, this had a really good chance of working. Um, yeah. I was experienced enough to know that even though a drop kick was a bad idea for me, as long as I threw a move that was similar in certain yeah. ways, and I absolutely threw a move that required my opponent to do nothing different. Mm-hmm. Like He thought he was gonna get hit with a drop kick, yes, but what does that really mean? That means he thought he was going to get hit in his left shoulder and take a perfect flat back bump. So I just needed to hit him with something that was going to be in the left shoulder and deliver upon him that back bump he expected to take. And luckily he was a veteran enough to see that that was exactly what I was doing. Hit the back elbow. He took the, the bump just fine. Everything went smoothly. It was great. But not everyone can do that, okay? It takes time under tension. Figuring out those things on the fly is super, super tough, but it comes from one thing, like it spurs from one real thing, that's knowing your limitations, yeah. right? You have to understand that about yourself. You're not going to be good at everything. All right. So, guys, we talked about quite a few things today. Um, super important things that I love to discuss, knowing your limitations, and especially like being physically prepared and not being a liability in the ring. That's an awesome note to, to take away from this. Nothing at all outweighs safety inside the ring. And the, the truth is accidents are going to happen. You're going to get a busted nose. You're going to get a bruised shoulder. You, you, you're going to forget to tuck your chin. You're going to take a bad bump. You're going to get a dizzy spell. The most important thing is to learn to slow things down and recover first before rushing into the next sequence, all right? You're not required to just rush, 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 rush during a match, especially if you become injured or something goes wrong. Um, you know, you're giving your body to your opponent. That's what this really comes down to. You are giving your body to someone, and they are giving their body to you. Imagine if you, you know, just imagine this in real life, like, oh, I completely trust this stranger to punch me in the face without breaking my nose. Yeah. That's crazy, guys. So much that we do in pro wrestling is opposite of like our human nature, but that's what we do. So imagine, you know, you got to stick your face out there and 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 hope that they're going to punch you in a way that's not going to leave you like shattered with a broken retina or a, or, a, or a broken nose or missing teeth. All right. Imagine agreeing to let someone suplex you, like lift you upside down, and then when you're upside down, they're going to drop you safely and perfectly on your back flat, and not just drop your head into the ground. Like that's crazy when you think about it. That's what we're doing though. We're giving our bodies to people, all right. And so when that is that is why safety is the most important thing. And without safety, we have no trust. And with no trust in pro wrestling, we have absolutely nothing. All right. So guys, I hope you take that away from this episode. I love talking about this stuff, Aaron. This is really cool stuff. Yeah, and, this is uh, yeah. this is
0: great information, man. It, it hits so many points, right? And I think it really sets up anyone. But particularly guys that are coming in here to really think about what they need. Right. It's all about trust, guys. It's all about taking care of each other and being a good person.
1: All right? So take care of each other, learn the basics, and uh, be self-aware in this business, guys. Mm -hmm. Head on over to YouTube, please. Check us out, How to Become a Pro Wrestler. we got all those cool videos like Aaron was saying earlier and more. we got all kinds of good stuff on there. There's even episodes of the podcast over there if you prefer to listen to it on that device. So. Thank you so much guys. Um, I really
0: enjoyed this conversation today. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, I got one more thing that Yeah, I yeah. want to throw in there. Um, you know, I think one of the questions that I know we get a lot, um mm-hmm. I've I've had guys just on other threads on social media just ask on like, like what do you do for conditioning or what do you do gotcha. for that? Obviously guys we have strong style. Sure. If you wanna get strong and yeah, be yeah, able yeah. to perform everything uh, like you should be able to and right. not be a liability. Um, the conditioning we have the podcast on, which John mentioned earlier. Yep. But what I like to do, man, I like to put because I, I gave a template to a guy mm-hmm. on just kind of how I program the conditioning mm-hmm. in there. So I want to put that on the Facebook group. So I just want to mention if you're not, uh, if you're listening oh, gotcha. and you yeah. haven't joined the group yet, I'll, I'll post in the next week or so yeah. uh, when this podcast comes out. Um, I'll post on there just a little conditioning uh, yeah. uh, workout for you all. Perfect. There you go, guys. All you got to do is go to Facebook, jump on the search bar, "How to
1: become a pro wrestler." You'll find it. That's all you got to do. You request to join, we approve you. You can talk to me. You can talk to Aaron. You can talk to anybody going through Strong Style or enjoying this podcast.
0: Um, being, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, answer can. the questions, guys. For sure. Answer the questions on there because if you don't answer those, I got to go through seeing if you're a bot or yes. not. So, so please answer the questions. Those okay? questions are
1: designed so we know that you're an actual human being coming in there. Yeah. So please do so. Answer. It makes it so much easier for us because we can just let you right directly in there. We're trying to keep it a nice, you know, uh, uh, intimate environment with people that are wanting to learn, you know, peers and stuff, not yeah. with like bots or salesmen or, want, or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. so. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast where we teach you the
0: skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.